All right, all right. Mike seems to be working. Hello, everyone. Uh, special guest today is Mr. Haiwanto. Has been on, I don't even, I lost count actually. How many times have you been on? Like five, six times? Yeah, a few times. Yeah. A returning guest, always fun to talk to. Good friend. We shared some, uh, some good times together. Lately, we're not flying together all that much, but uh, maybe those times will return. Um, yeah, for sure. Before the podcast, actually, we were talking about like the good old times against uh, escalating entropy and so on. That was actually when uh, when the uh, uh, Rakapos cartel kind of formed, right? When we were working together yeah. and stuff. Good times. But uh, the main reason why I was like, oh, I have to have Highback on, obviously... He's running for CSM. I couldn't believe it when you uh, <laughs> when you put that out there. I was like, "What? Why would High do that uh, to himself?" Uh, so we will talk about that. But then also, there's a lot of stuff um, going on with you guys against um, RC Wrecking Crew and Dog Workers are involved, and who else? I don't even know who else is involved with that. I am. Um, What's the Japanese group called again? Is it the Japanese? Korean. Korean. Korean, yeah. So uh, you want to maybe give everyone a little bit of an update? What's going on there? Um, with you okay. Guys? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, well, I guess first let's talk about Siege Green. Siege Green is pretty much done in NoSec. They just have a Keepstar and they have effectively deployed their capitals and most of the stuff to Vino. So they're trying to fight is it vini vc vc what are the group that live down there Vene, 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 Vene. yeah is it that one is it that is that the group that yeah. lives i don't down know there? in vino in vino i'm pretty sure that's what what it actually is like yeah. says the vini, vini, guys they live in <laughs> um Kobalec and teal yeah so they're going for those guys and they're just i think it's better for them anyways because I was talking to a restaurant before we deployed, and he said that the only people they could really ever fight was us. And we're not exactly, you know, Korean times, and normally we would just kind of fight them every so often. So, you know, it's got on him. He's trying to find stuff to do in his own time zone rather than, you know, waiting for somebody to come do stuff to him. Um, then, in regards to Wrecking Crew, they stopped hitting us offensively after they fed lots of Max and then Cerberuses and then Vexors on our fort is ours and then they waited for us to start hitting stuff but they don't have anything down here apart from a keep star and now a titan costs more than a keep star i don't think it's even worth hitting a keep star anymore so you know whatever we started hitting dock worker stuff which are their allies and you know they have certain agreements with them whatever um and they've been trying to fight us on those but i think that stopped now as well because um they won the first few engagements actually against us. They did very well. They used the citadels to their advantage. And um, when we would do capitals or carriers, or whatever, they'd use Kikimoras and just defang us. Um, kikis. Uh, we adapted, I guess. And um, they have stopped trying, I guess, because I don't know why they haven't adapted back. But I guess we broke their back. But I find that really weird because. I don't know why groups care about structures that much. Like in especially these days, a four desire is worth two dreads, you know? 
like and it's low sec so structures don't really matter um they always had that feeling though also when it came to passes if you think back about like fights uh, like an r64s or whatever it usually wasn't like if you look at it from a like if you do the math, it was never worth it really to hit that stuff and risk all this um, stuff to really kill it. It's more of a pride thing, I, th- I think. And um, obviously you have like certain advantages as a defender, right? But like yeah. if you want to take a fight against these guys at some point, you might as well do it on your own citadel, right? Well, exactly. But I think that's the other issue is in terms of LOSEC, we're really the only group that could well we're the only group that can kind of fight on a fort is our without having to you know call too many people and even on some of the timers we had to call people because fighting offensively on a citadel even with our you know fancy slave clones and whatever is fucking horrible especially if they have more than you or you know um it's not very cost effective to like you know bash dreads against them in whelp like you know five apostles or you know five dreads because that's a hundred bill <laughs> now these days you know it's not great so i think we just come across as very oppressive because we're the only group that can really attack citadels and be able to do it without dying yeah we're just kind of sad right yeah i don't know what it's like in norsec for you guys like how are the fights in your area because you're deployed to curse right how do they go down well, I mean, technically, right now, as um two and a half hours ago, we deployed two Great Whitelands, which is very close to Curse. But um, if you wanna, if you wanna see it like that, it's a uh, an important two midpoints because it's towards Panfam's base, and um, yeah, we are right on the doorstep now. So um, we're changing things up too. And the fights we got, like, yeah, uh, it's mostly, it seems always to be the focus uh, right now. The name of the game is, like, anchor something and, and fight on it uh, rather than, like, hit something. It's way easier, right? Way easier to defend and, you know, have them form for your shit uh, than uh, have, like, actually attack stuff and show up for the timer. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and then the deployment, maybe we should talk about that, I guess. Um, since it's like fresh, it's not maybe not a full all in deployment or anything. Um, it's more of a, uh, you know, go onto the doorstep. And if you think about it, their guys, they had like an easy life during this war, right? They could just clone jump home, uh, jump clone home and uh, mine and red whatever right maybe not rock on mine we had an eye on that so it happened but like to a very limited degree um and uh, now you know it kind of is at least being threatened right so uh, we're curious how they're going to react right? because actually what we want to do it's pretty obvious right i don't have to fucking make this a secret but what we actually want to do is like drag them over there right the more of them have to go over there, the better, right? If they all want to deploy right on there, well, we're in NPC space, go go bring it, right? We might just be able to get a good fight on our fort, right? So that's yeah. actually like very similar to what I just described, right? Anchor a fort and have a fight on it. 
So um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very interesting to see their reaction to this. Do you so think far, they didn't have to? Do you think citadels are gonna go up in price as well in the way subcaps have because they're very you know unproportional right now? Fortify is extremely strong compared to you know a dread, but it costs like the same as two dreads. You know. You know what? You're you're asking the wrong guy for that. I have no idea. I'm living like day to day. I just ask my guys like, how how expensive is this, right? Or I check in, in <laughs> Python and in Jitter, like, can I fly this? Actually, uh, is this still a thing, or like, is it completely out? Because so, you guys use Ravens, right? And Tech One battleships are like five, six hundred mil now. They're not cheap anymore. Yeah, they're not cheap, but those Ravens they're kind of slippery, so their survivability is quite good. So we decided to bring Ravens. Um, for these kind of fights. Um, we left Macarius at home though, so um, no need to, you know, whelp like a shit ton of Macarius against like a null blob, you know, it's just... M Max are almost a bill now, they're 900 mil, so... Yeah, I mean, we're quite we're directly on the source, if you think about it. G-O, best angel mission running system in the game, and a lot of our guys are used to running missions, so we, we still were getting super cheap, the cheapest Macarius you can get, right? So uh, while goons and uh, Pappy find you guys get rich off the Macario market. Yeah, I guess. I mean, some of us for sure, right? If I think about like one of our guys, Erica, like he's like instantly got into mission running and uh, like he's running shit with like, I don't even know, a quadrillion fucking uh, chars, right? There he is. <laughs> there he is. Stop telling people. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do much missions, guys. Don't fuck up those prizes. <laughs> you know? But I think Macarius are so popular still, you wouldn't even be able to uh, to really kill those prizes. Like you could drop it by hundred mil with a bigger group, but they're still very versatile, right? They're still exactly. the best RT platform. Yeah, um, you guys use them too, don't you? We use TFIs right now, but Max are still much better um, against in an RT fight. Like if you had an equal amount of TFIs and an equal amount of Max. If the Mac FC is not bad and you know knows what he's doing, you're going to win that fight pretty decisively because you have an extra Ewol mid and a fall off bonus. So yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's what's going on in uh, in Init right now, at least today. They tried to make us clone jump back, which we kind of expected. Right? We had the move up announced, so hostiles formed big to hit a um, hit three dash D. That's the like one of the entry systems to the one EQ constellations uh, constellation, and um, they were hitting um, the jammer and the jump bridge. But then for some reason, I don't know why they just did not. Liked it and just jumped out again. Jump bridge time was just thirty minutes, so we were ready to clone jump at that at that time. So maybe that's what's why. happening in that um, down there? I haven't been paying attention, but I saw Goblins think about how they're pretty much done with all the other keep stars and stuff, and it's just that constellation there. Yeah, if you wanna, it's pretty simple, right? There's two entries to the constellation, which is one is through the the gate from T5 directly into 1DQ, and then one is the 3-D system, right? And they decided to just keep constantly like jumping in there and, you know, in all kinds of time zones and make us form. And then you have some smaller fights there. I say smaller number-wise, it's quite big, but like isk-wise, what's dying, it's actually like peanuts. You know, if you compare that to like a, a, like a medium-sized dread brawl, 
like someone wins by 10 bill you know someone loses by 10 bill and it kind of you know it seems like a 50 50 kind of thing um you know whatever i could spin this into like they didn't achieve anything in that constellation yet and call like call victory but like obviously it's a constant pressure kind of thing so yeah. they, only, they only have to win once right um so we'll see like so far those fights were actually kind of fun i have to say and funny enough the first couple of days there was a storm there and uh the storm had like the no cloaking stuff right so it was an electrical storm so nobody could use bombers and stuff uh, and it made for like a little bit of a different uh situation actually which uh, i liked but um yeah the storm is gone now why so, the fights such low money even if it's um i saw quite a bloody fight with goons and Panfam, Panfam lost like 700 Ferruxes and Goon lost some dreads. Yeah, I lost what the dreads too. Yeah. Well, it's like, why is it so low money? Tide Eye, right? Everything kicks yeah. off, boom, Tide Eye kicks in, and then, you know, the kill speed is just not high. I lost a dread in that fight too. <laughs> I just like took a dread, quickly slapped some fucking haul guns on there, uh, jumped the gate, and tried to blob some. Uh, some Feroxes. And I saw it. Maybe Headliner's watching. I saw Headliner lock me. I was like, ah, oh, nah. Get, get out. <laughs> and uh, you know, shortly after, two of the fleets actually locked me too. And then I killed a couple of dreads. And, you know, now, like a couple of dreads make up for like a good battle report for sure. But, I mean, everyone who was in a dread probably has a couple of spare dreads there anyway. Right? And I don't particularly care about the ISK at the end. So it, it hit the the right guy in this case, I guess. Yeah, I mean, using Hordreds against Feroxes is extremely satisfying, seeing the damage, you know, apply. It is nice, yes. I didn't have, like, but tie-dye, right? If there was no tie-dye, we could have killed so many of them with just those few Hordreds. But because there was tie-dye, they get everything took so long, and they have so much time to make those decisions, that the Hordreds effectively, I shot, like, maybe seven, eight targets and killed them. And then I died. So yeah, it's like, whatever. I'm not sure if it was worth it even bringing dreads in, into those numbers. Right? I mean, no, because you're just going to die really quickly, but who cares? You know, you had fun. Yeah. Shot some stuff, whatever. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> when do I get the chance to use a hard dread, really? Right? As an FC, it's rare. Like, there is that one situation where I'm not FCing, I don't have to target call, I'm not the backup guy either, and uh, the situation calls for hard reds, and you can be effective, and, you know, all these things have to t get together for me to actually use a hard red. Uh, I'm sure, like, you have the similar experience. You probably never use a hard red. Because, no, but did yeah. you ever use a whole titan, Panda? Because whole titans were so fun, because they were so overpowered. For for like five times or so. My Titan is always like in a, in a weird forward staging situation usually. Getting bumped by NC Dot and almost dying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I told that story last time actually. Did you listen to that or Or was it last time? I told it on stream, I think. On, uh, yeah, when we tackled some rockers the other day. I think I watched it live. You watched it live, me getting bumped? Yeah, I think so. Maybe, yeah. I forgot actually how that info got to Bonga back then, because Bonga pinged me, and he got it from some random channel or so, and it might have been you guys actually saying that. 
I forgot actually where that came from. I really can't um, remember what happened. I just remember seeing it happen. <laughs> yeah. You were but, so close. Dude, I had the shakes. Like, I, that's the only time I remember ever having the shakes. Like, I was so nervous. And you, you watch that ticker go down, like, five seconds, four seconds, three seconds, and you're flying out of tether. The tether's already red, right, for a couple of seconds. Yeah. Oh, my God, was that close. It was just worse because you just got the Titan and it was crowdsourced. It wasn't <laughs> just like you bought it. <laughs> it would have been the most embarrassing loss ever. Apart from Dark Shines dying in uh, F7C, that was pretty embarrassing. It was all his fault. The other Same. Titans got out and he boated into bubbles and uh, died. F7C, yeah. Yeah. That was a good fight. That was a very good fight. Over a pause. To come back to what we talked about uh, earlier, right? Over one R64, all this shit like unfolded with like super caps and dreads and like I don't even know about the. I think we lost the Titan and a bunch of caps and a bunch of subs, and the A score was still even, like around about even, like plus minus ten bill or so. Like I think 160 to 160 bill or some shit. Yeah. And over one pass, like why, right? It's just. It's, I think it's kind of crazy because it's you get four bill a month or whatever. You well, you used to get like five bill from a Dispro, you know, four bill from a Prometheum or Neo Moon. But it was more that that allure of the passive income or whatever just made it a valuable target, and then people would have fights over it because you know you got a fair amount out of it, and it wasn't so much effort to do it because on flying on a pass, you didn't have to have a bomb launcher and all these really strong anti-capital weapons and tether it was way more simple and exactly like an example of a fight um we were fighting dock workers um quite early on i think it was one of the initial timers they had like 40 nightmares we had a similar number of tfis but because it's their own fort is our um we were kind of tanking and then but the bomb damage like if you're eating bombs again and again and again you kind of can't sit there for very long and kind of try and you know break them and plink them in the same way they are because you all just get really low and then you kind of just have to warp off and then come back but then you know you lose momentum and then the, uh, you know it gives people time to bring extra stuff like a micro jump destroyer fleet came in and we just couldn't stay there anymore like it's pretty horrible to fight on a citadel with equal numbers yeah yeah it is i mean you know, that's always what I keep telling people whenever they want to talk about, like, the rage eviction and stuff like this. People don't understand. You have to field an entire subcap fleet. An entire sub... That's 200 plus people. Just to pause the thing. Just to pause it, right? And then you're getting bombed on top of it. You get DD'd every eight minutes or so. Then, you know, there's so many problems. You can't do drone boats because PDS. You can't get too close because PDS. All these things, right? It's so hard, it's they're just not designed to be killed by subs, right? And, but uh, it can happen. It can happen, yeah. Well, now, like, now after the bushing was not, I think if you put a keepster into Walmart space, I don't know what would come in there to kill it, other than like a massive blob. If it's only ten dudes defending, right? You could just like if nobody nobody's defending it at all, you can kill it still. But that's yeah. an unlikely scenario. But is it worth killing it these days? I mean, yeah. I guess wormhole space, you get the loot drop. But, you know, in Norsec, Losec, Keepstars, yeah. I mean, 150 build to build? It's not a secret. We were looking at um, evicting Inner Hell, actually. And 
I cancelled that one like a day before and some people got mad at me uh, shout out to Fappy and uh, and I think um, I think even Ari. Ari I think even Ari got mad at me she was disappointed yeah. but I just decided it wasn't the right time it's such a commitment for a Nullsec Alliance to go into a Walmart for a week and just live there for a week and make people grind this fucking thing over and over and you have to have shifts to fucking keep uh, whole control and all that stuff and then you know in that case for what it's hard to tell right and in a hell i felt like they were kind of you know doing their own thing to a degree at least so i wasn't too mad about them the motivation was just not there right so it didn't fit feel right we canceled it on the last day otherwise we would have evicted in a hell and then i think a month later so they disbanded anyway so whatever yeah. But uh, like we would have killed that with mutants only, right? So it is. I think it is possible. Or you we just bleed have... spam, yeah. Yeah. Well, you you bleed, but you can just do the sponge stuff that we've done with the bush ravens anyway, right? You bring some yeah. Hicks over propped cruisers and just put them there, and then the DD hits one of your guys. Yeah, you lose a mutant, but then the rest just dies in like whatever stabbers or scythes or something. Do you know how much loot came out of um, when you killed the Keepstar? Somebody's asking me to ask you. Yeah, I the probably, Rage Keepstar. So it was like it's hard to tell. I mean, if you see the, the the video or whatever, like it's complete chaos on that grid, right? There's like a thousand people there. <laughs> that was a funny, funny video. <laughs> it is. Everyone's looting, and like every couple of seconds, someone someone shouts like, "Oh, I found this and this!" Right. Um. But the estimate is like four trill, but I don't know. Could be more, could be less. It's hard to tell. It's a lot. <laughs> it is, yeah. At least the guys that looted got around a trill, I believe. So the the guys that um, you know, I had the guys that put in the work to organize all this um, together with me. Um, I had them loot first, as good as we could, and then give them a bunch of that loot. And then at some point I said like, oh, okay, it's free to all, uh, free for all. Everyone just grab what you can. Even the guys that like, whatever came in only for that kill, because like actually most people on that kill man, they only were there for the last day, really, right? When everything was already sacked, like it was already done, really. And then they showed yeah. up, and we literally let all our friends into a hole on it, right? I mean, you were there. Yeah, we were there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, originally. The plan was you guys, us, and um, Asher with his boys, right? With his sick. Just to have that time zone coverage. Because we didn't have any... We didn't have the strongest Russian time zone. And we didn't have the strongest US time zone. That's why Asher was there with his um, sick. And uh, we would need help in Euro time zone too. And we expected all the Walmart guys, which, you know, was realistic. Obviously, they all formed and tried to help. And, you know... But then when it like was all done anyway, I mean, we just opened the fucking floodgates, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it was a bit of a disappointing thing, but, you know, what could they do? Because they, I remember they formed a Cerberus fleet or something, but then they just didn't do anything. I guess they didn't get enough. Well, no, they f did, do you not remember? For the armor timer, an hour before, they formed, actually, and then they took Horde control, and Horde almost made it in. Right, with three and a, uh, three and a dudes were five jumps out in I thought was it Ferox's I don't even know what it was might have been Munins actually 
Um, so they almost made it in with 300 guys, and that would have been the end of it, to be quite honest. And that fight was that deciding fight where Bliss was doing his second ever. Did you listen to the, uh, to the podcast with Bliss? No, I didn't, actually. Yeah, I wanted I to, but then I forgot about it. We, yeah. t- we talked about that, too. Because he was running the Stukas, and it's like a, a, a different type of fleet, right? It's not like you sit in there and you know exactly what to do and stuff. You have to do it once or twice to actually get the feel for it. And it was his second try ever. And on his first try, he never engaged. So it was his first ever Stuka bomb run and all that stuff. And if he fucks up, this entire thing doesn't happen, right? So I was sitting there in, in my little Raven fleet with 60 people. <laughs> and he was uh, like in the Stuka fleet. And um, they're all deciding fucking bomb run. And they fucked up and walked to the wrong result into the bubble right in front of him. And then he actually bombed them all to shit. And then, like, Oh, I remember now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so fucking close. Oh my god. And then Hall was five jumps out. If we do that too late, like five minutes later, literally, they would have been in. And that would have been it too, right? So he couldn't have yeah. done it any time, uh, any, you know, time uh, later or whatever. And he had to do it right. And like, oh my god. And I, at the time, I didn't even think about that too much. Because I would have fucking lost it, I think. <laughs> But yeah, that was fucking close. People don't realize that, but you know, whatever. I don't think people realize how much effort it is for fleet commanders to do anything these days. Everything is fucking a lot of effort compared to pass fights. It used to be, all right, undock a few dreads, siege a pass, and then go next day and fight. Now it's like so much more effort. Yeah, so so much more planning, it feels like. To, so much more knowledge and required to actually go out and do stuff. If you think about it, like... Oh yeah, you want to ref a citadel, All right? What is it timed for? And then you have to show up twice to actually kill it. So motivation is already like halved. I would fucking argue, right? Like, are you gonna come out there twice to kill that citadel? Probably not. So let's not even ref it. It's a lot of times what happens, right? Then you have yeah. to like no, like who whose citadel is it? Who whose friends are they? And what time zone? And what numbers can we for? Like all these things. But with POS, it was a little bit more simple, I guess. You still then, had to know stuff, but, you know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, all you get is, like, a core and maybe not a fight, and they just anchor another Citadel whenever they feel safe. And that's pretty much the end of it. Yeah, you know, whenever we talk about the core stuff, I, I and honestly, I still, do, to this day, don't understand. Like, why, why would you do the core thing? Why not just say, okay, certain Citadels get no asset safety or they get only 50%, you know, 50% drops, 50% goes into asset safety because then it scales up with the size of the group. So big groups are a big, big target, you know, but now it's like, oh, small group, well, same size target. If they have a four with a core, that's the same shit that drops as if I kill a, you know, whatever, a horde for design in their staging, drops the same stuff, one core as if I kill like some insignificant low set group with 10 dudes, um, like, for this or somewhere, right? It's, I think it's just, it would have been so easy to have that scale, you know? I mean, that's right, because it's the same thing with process. There was a scale to it, you know? People wouldn't would fight over the valuable moons, but other groups would fight over smaller stuff. You know, there were people who had small networks of passes and whatever, but now it's just everything is the same. So, 
you know, there's no difference. And a lot of groups can't fight over citadels because if it gets to a certain scale, you pretty much just have to bat phone to be able to kill a citadel or you're just going to die. Yeah. Yeah. It all, and then also when you start bat phoning, right, it all develops into these like uh, bigger collisions, right? It, it, it all pushes people into that like more and more and fast and fast. I mean, it's human nature already, right? And then they, the, the game kind of pushes you into that direction even more, which is kind of, um, you know, yeah. disappointing. I think the mineral nerf kind of has done that again, because like by nerfing the minerals now, when everyone's had Viroquals for fucking ages and stuff like that, like big alliances have massive caches of stuff. Like even we have, you know, a fair amount of capitals. But if you want to try and make a group now and caps and subs cost this much and, you know, you're at a massive disadvantage because you're going to have to try and do it when everything's really fucking expensive. And if they're going to nerf raw calls, then it's probably going to go up even more. And now you're having to contest with groups that have, you know, established caches of stuff. And it's not like if you have three dreads on field, another group's only going to drop three. They're going to drop whatever the fuck they want to drop because they don't want to lose caps. So you know, it's hard to for smaller and mid-scale groups to kind of grow if, you know, in this current climate, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah. Um, I also saw in chat, Erica just asked, you literally have people sitting in high-sex suicide ganking things for 100 mil K-men or even less. You know, I always thought, I don't know, I don't know much about the ganking business, to be quite honest. Like, I mean... I know the basics, like everyone does. But um, do we need this in the game? Do we need ganking in the game, high say ganking? Or it's also a different actually... scale. You know, it's not... Ganking and Citadel bashing are two very different things. You have to form a fleet to go bash your Fortizar, whereas ganking you can do by yourself. I'm sure if people could do this shit by themselves and make, you know, 3 billion-esque, you know, bashing a Citadel, it wouldn't be that bad. But it's a commitment. It's not like it's easy as ganking ganking is pretty fucking easy it's not hard yeah high side ganking yeah 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 like but like honestly like what's the advantage of having high side ganking actually in the game like i'm, I'm not to sure teach those new bros a lesson i mean it's not about the new bro it's also about jump fader stuff and you know people are gonna say like oh there's some advanced ganking going on here right <laughs> there is like new bros suffer from it too for sure yeah, like I don't like someone give me a good argument for why high sec ganking is actually a thing and not removed. Like why? How would you remove it though? Should you fit your officer fit golem freely? Like yeah, why not? Like it doesn't fucking bother me. Like honestly, I kind of want to know what being a new player is like in the current game because when I started, it was way fucking different. There was a lot more going on first of all, and you had alliances like Eve Uni and stuff like that that wouldn't that would do fleets for more for fun. Whereas now the new pro alliances like Brave and Horde, you join and then you get into like a 10% tie-dye fight, which I don't think is the best introduction to the game. I don't think, I mean, I don't know what it's like to join Horde early stages, but I'm assuming just because of their fleets, that it's kind of that gameplay, which probably isn't that fun for a newer player. I think, I mean, I say this constantly in this show, but I, I think you can't like 
take one thing and then say it is or it isn't fun for a new player because everybody's playing for different reasons. That's just like people saying that like ratting is bullshit and it's not fun, but there are people out there that think ratting is great and mining and stuff like that. Like there's plenty of people in Nullsec that think that the 10% tie-dye fights where you're fighting thousands of people versus thousands of people is like the greatest thing ever in the greatest aspect of the game. So I think for a new player, like it's not necessarily detrimental to them. I think part of it is allowing them to like come in and be part of this like big community. And I don't know why I say it is a big community, um, be a part of this big group fighting and, you know, like as a new player going into a 10% tie dye fight, I wasn't sitting there like, oh man, this 10% tie-dye sucks. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm fighting with like, you know, 400 other people on my team on this grid with against all of these other people. And this is the coolest thing I've ever done. And yeah. Yeah, I guess it's, so. not, it's yeah. not until like a couple years in you're like, oh, fucking tie-dye. I've seen this. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I keep saying that nowadays too, because like that came up in Corp actually. Uh, one of our Corp guys was like, "Ah, oh, tied up. I'm not gonna join that, right? Like, if one DQ happens, like I'm gonna take a break, you know." But then everyone basically was like, "Oh man, you can't just like like let everyone down like this." And then also, it's like the worst part about Tida is people complaining about Tida, right? The same for Fuzzy Soft and so on. It just is so true, right? Like, yeah, it's not the greatest, you know, let's, you know, everyone suffers a little bit. Just fucking get on with it. Shut up and spam warp. (laughs) Yeah. Press that fucking button. Right. Keep on going. And uh, I mean, it can be so passive that you can do all kinds of things at the same time. If it happens, I always say that if, if it happens twice, three times a year in this war, it might just happen a couple more times. But, um, you know, so be it. I think Tida. I think it only really sucks if you're kind of you're committed like if you're on a titan or whatever and you kind of have to sit there for ages i think that sucks or you kind of have to sit there in like a nine hour tie-dye fight that would be horrible yeah um, if you can't log off right you don't have that yeah option. yeah that sucks and then you know that's what people say about x47 uh, um, that you know imperium had the advantage because we didn't have the ability to dog, which is an interesting point. And it might be right, you know, because Panfam at the time, uh, they were on their Keepster defending the X-47 Keepster and they could dog. So the longer the fight was gone on, the more of their Titans were like, yeah, I've got enough. I'm just going to de-aggress and dog. And they lost numbers while our guys were like, well, I'm stuck in these bubbles here. I might as well just stay on as long as I can. And it just stretch it and stretch it out for them. Right. Some people might have even you know, said, oh, okay, just close the client and left. Just hoping that Titan would like lose aggression and then, you know, log off automatically, which probably never happened because smart bombs and whatnot. That's what people did in the, um, well, I know people that did that in the recent Titan fight. I can't even remember the system name, too. but whatever. Yeah, that. Yeah, I know people did that, and I don't blame them, honestly. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's not it's not easy. Do you guys want to talk about CSM stuff? I think so. Yeah. 
Right. Hi, do you want to talk about CSM stuff? Uh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> why are you? Why? I mean, I think, <laughs> I think. Now, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> That's actually what I said right away when I saw it. Yeah. Right? It's like it's because people are like Ron, USMC are running, and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to. It's too much of a bad thing, you know. Make might push the game in the wrong direction. So I'm just trying to balance the scales, you know. Give a little bit of a wisdom, balance the new bros out on the CSM. Now, nah, for real, <laughs> I think going into the CSM with the mindset of being able to push an agenda and have it work is what seems to deflate people. But I don't think I'm going to, you know, if I get on the CSM, I don't think that's the mindset I'm going to have. It's more just to voice an opinion and, um, I guess put my experience that I have, you know, being an FC for a long fucking time and knowing how things happen in NoSec and NoSec just to try and make the game a bit better and more enjoyable for people. I guess I relate more to FCs and I understand that it's shit right now to be an FC and to try and grow as as an FC is hard and I'd rather make it easier for fleet commanders to do stuff and have fun because at the end of the day, that's kind of what you know, fleet PvP is, it's up to the FC that they're what, you know, they make the game go round effectively as corny as it sounds in that aspect. So I think my main thing is just making it easier for FCs. Yeah. yeah? What I always say is like all we ask for is opportunities for content creation, right? We're not even asking for like free shit. You know, we don't want like instant like fleet fights or whatever like just give us a chance right when it comes to citadels i'm not gonna go on this rant and i always started like that and i'll go on to the rant anyway but like citadel defenses and all that stuff it all works against those opportunities right like it's just like where do you go like that's what ccp should be doing more taking their own guys and going to roam and create some content without the ccp taker in the stream right like, yeah, if you stream, like, look at all this content. Like, what are you talking about, right? No, yeah. go out with some fucking undercover jars with, like, 10 dudes and a decent setup. It doesn't have to be complete trash, right? Or, like, let it be trash. You get better fights like that. But um, go out and find some content. And they'll see. They'll struggle. They'll struggle hard, especially if they have zero experience with it. You can't just burn into some region and, like, find... Um, like magical fights you i mean yeah. you can you can like the po- possibilities there it's very unlikely though right just spotting vnis yeah and then they would have to think like how do you how do you create um these fights like what opportunities do you have right hit jump bridges for example right that's a common thing for certain size fleets it doesn't like work for big too big fleets or for too small of a fleet right but like certain size fleets, they get the right reaction out of that, right? For example, those Gilas I like to fly, the 25 man set up perfect for this, right? You get like 50, maybe 70 guys uh, to show up. And that's usually a suboptimal setup. If you're really like perfectly formed and shit like this, you can engage that with 25 guys. And, you know, but then Citadels, for example, it's three timers. Like, nobody's threatened if you ref a citadel one time. Like, who cares, right? 
you can defend it two more times. So that opportunity is off the table already. You can't poke people on a citadel because everyone stages and forts and uh, and keeps those. You get just PDS'd off and you know scrum wept, uh, killed. Basically, the defenses are just too strong to have any opportunity, right? So it's like I keep keep on saying that, but I don't know. Well, I. Yeah. Yeah, you go, Miranda. Oh. It's kind of like circling back around so you can go first. Well, I was just going to say, I think you're right in the way what somebody told me who was in the CSM, I'm pretty sure, was that CTP very much compartmentalizes stuff and it kind of shows how they don't understand how the game works. Like, for example, the people who did the mineral nerf are not the same people who are going to do the Vorkal nerf when in reality that's kind of a linked thing, right? Like, Vorkal's going to affect that. And understanding that if you nerf the raw call into a command boost role, which is allegedly what they want to do, it's what a CCP oh, person wow. has said. Well, they've already said it's their intention. So it doesn't just affect the economy of the game. It affects content creation massively because that's one of the last things that FCs have. That's, you know, somebody putting their dick on, you know, the chopping board for you to go after and get a good fight out of without having to deal with citadels effectively. You know, a spontaneous fight. Spontaneous fights are super duper rare in the game right now, and finding one is really fucking hard. So, unless you're Shro. Yeah, shout out to Shro who always finds all the rockers. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Once that's gone, I don't know what the fuck a lot of people are gonna do because it's not just you know big fleets that get fights out of rockers. You know, smaller groups get nice dunks out of them. You know, it's yeah. a big part of the game right now, and it's and not I necessarily. Think- yeah, and it's not necessarily about the rocket itself. Sometimes you tackle a rocket knowing you can't even kill it. Like, how many times did that happen to us? Like, we had, like, a Soul Freaks, T3Ds, whatever. We just tackle it, kill them the direction, right? There's a couple of guys. They're going to form 100 people to kill all 10 dudes. They're going to form something fast, try to push us off so they don't have to form, right? Yeah. And then that's an opportunity. Like, that's all I'm asking. Sometimes you get dunked right away. Tough shit. You had your opportunity, you didn't take it, right? But that's like coming back to that point, right? Like all we ask for is like opportunities here and there. And if you if you remove all of that, do like how am I supposed to entertain all the guys, right? Like this is impossible. And you know, it's kind of a cascade effect. If you do that, FCs get burnt out, they get bored, they quit, and then you basically have a member base because all groups are these days i'm pretty sure this game would be dead if it wasn't for the community effectively because this game is pretty boring <laughs> a lot of the time especially these days and it's down to a few people normally in most groups to make things happen and if they can't make the things happen people are just going to get bored and then it's not very good for the game and i don't think the game is in an amazing state i know people will say that you know there are a lot of people who think that citadels aren't that bad and they don't understand I do not understand. Yeah, I don't think they played. You know, people, lots of, I think, I can't remember who, but somebody was saying to me that they preferred the game after Citadels than before Citadels, and they didn't like posses. But it's a perspective, I guess, to understand it from an FC's point of view. And they're basically what makes the game work. So I think we should be making their lives easier than harder. Yeah, I mean, People listening to that will probably 
say like oh yeah hi he's an fc obviously he thinks he's the shit like and he's just pushing fc things you know what i mean but i i'm you know what are you gonna do right that's your perspective too right? i mean well, yeah of course yeah sorry Miranda. <laughs> i was just gonna say like you know the first point that you brought up was interesting where you talk about like going into the CSM and wanting to have like a specific platform versus just going into it to give your knowledge base and your perspective on things. And I feel like that's something that I don't know if it's just like with the whole like election process that's happened with the CSM that's kind of developed the need to have an official platform, but I feel like having a platform and going in with a, a list of like things I want to change is completely unrealistic in the first place because I don't know, like I've only been around for a few CSM rotations, but like how many people on the CSM have actually implemented a change that they said they wanted to implement on their platform? How many CSM players actually have the influence to implement a change that's I, I don't even think that like that's not even the purpose of the csm literally yeah. the purpose of the csm isn't to go into it and say these are the things that need to be changed about the game the purpose of the csm is to provide the skill base and the knowledge base that this members of ccp can't or don't have the time to develop because while some people are sitting here playing the game 18 hours a day they have to work so they it's impossible for them to develop the skill base that people who ideally would be the people on the csm are able to develop i i 100 agree i think that's a that's a point that's also like overlooked quickly is like what do you expect the ccp guys like the like the actual devs what what level of expertise in the game do you expect them to have like do you think some dev that never played eve before joined ccp is uh, like assigned to eve you think he's coming home from work and then plays eve for the next eight hours then goes Fuck to bed no <laughs> like that's not happening and this game isn't some fucking League of Legends where you figure out the basics within a day and then you build on that skill. I mean, the basics. I'm He's saying. never played League of Legends, by the way, for everybody oh, now. Just listening to him say that guys. you learn after a day and you're going to go. But anyway, continue. No, wait a second. The basics of League of Legends. You have three lanes and you have five heroes and you walk there and your job is to fucking push in the castle, right? So the <laughs> basics you can learn on one day. You know, like ex exactly like okay, chess. You can online, learn the basics on a day. You get in ship and you kill other person. All oh, basics complete in twenty seconds. Well, I mean, I guess. Right. <laughs> okay. I'll take that point back. You you get Continue. that one. I hope everyone understood though that I was trying to say Eve is so complex that you can't just figure it out like on one area and then expect you know to be like an expert and not you know do massive mistakes right 
because everything, as uh, Hai said earlier, everything is kind of connected, right? Rock gods and minerals, very connected, right? Citadels, very connected with rock gods, with minerals, with like everything production-wise in like on several layers, right? That's, but I, I don't want to go on a citadel rant, but like it's the fucking elephant in the room. It really is. Everybody citadels. take a drink every time you say that you're not going to rant about citadels. Everyone has to take a drink whenever I say citadels, but come on it's less risky it's cheaper it's easier it's like everything right yeah raw cards help too but yeah i also probably have a different perspective from most of the csm because they're normally nullsec leaders or uh people who are diplomats and diplomats are the bane of my existence so whatever but yeah what i think i think people are just going to think that well, probably not like me anyways, because I'm the CEO of Snuff and stuff like that. And they probably just think that I'm just going to pu push this, you know, oppressive agenda of Snuff, you know, making it easier for us to blob everyone and shit like that. But I think it's fucking boring, the games, that, well, the gameplay that we have these days. And I'd rather it be pushed into smaller scale stuff anyways. Like, I started this game when I started FCing, I was doing small scale stuff. And I much preferred that. That was way more fucking fun. And I'd prefer the game to be more alive and allow for people who were in a position that I was to kind of grow and learn to FC and build up slowly and, you know, have fun easily. So and make fun for other people. So that's pretty much, but as I said, I'm not going to push anything. I'm just going to see what happens. If I do get on the CSM, I'm just going to, you know, yeah. give my opinion. Someone's just asking, what are you talking about? Since like massive host from, from Jebby was up Jebby. And uh, from talking to stations earlier, also, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt the conversation at that point. Um, we're talking about basic CCP uh, CSM stuff, right? Because Lord High of the Snuffles is running for CSM. And uh, yeah. And I think I, I do 100% agree with the whole uh, like pushing an agenda thing that Mirena just said earlier, right? Like, that's not how CSM works. That's not how it should work, right? A lot of times, I think the situation is um, CCP shows you a certain change they want to make, and then you either be an expert in that area, and you can just say, okay, this is good, this is bad, or whatever, right? Or you don't know anything, and then you should shut up and let someone who does know about it like talk. Since when would anybody who's running for CSM yeah, ever admit that they don't know exactly. something about a topic yeah. and shut up? I think be an issue in itself. Yeah, I think some people. I think some CSM guys would do that. Actually, that they, they are like you can tell. Sometimes they say that too. That hey, when it comes to you know economy stuff, I just leave it to the other guys. And, but, um, you know, I think that's also, I think you're also a platform, right? Like, for example, I don't know that much about faction warfare. I did it fucking ages ago and the game was a lot different back then, but you know, I can still ask people who aren't currently in faction warfare, like Mikhail or, you know, people who did it heavily like Wolf's Dragoon and people like that, you know, it's knowing people who have good opinions, well, balanced opinions to ask. I think that's a big part of it as well, having a network. Yeah, but that, that's also some people's like sole platform. True. Well, yeah. I have yeah. friends that know stuff about stuff. 
Uh, are there people like that? Whose platform is that? That's pretty bad, no? Like, you should be an expert in whatever you want to do if you're running for the CSM. Or, well, you should be an expert in something. Yeah, you know, you know what? You agree, I, do, I disagree, right? And I disagree because there's, there's different types of CSM members, I believe, right? So you have those experts, and then you have all round uh, dudes that actually listen but, to the guys. Hi, let's be honest. Do you listen to HiSec Pleb123 who compl uh, complains to you about, let's say, HiSec Genki or whatever? Like, are you going to sit there, talk to this guy for 30 minutes? No, you're not. But there's still, nobody but you have to, that's not, that's not, I, I agree with that. If you have somebody who's, who has all round knowledge, that's still having knowledge, right? If you're, and you have a yeah. network, that's still good. I'm saying if you don't know anything, then that's not really good. But it's, it has, yeah, it has to be more than just reaching out to other people for the, their opinions because you have to be able to think critically about the opinions that you're being given because every opinion that you're given is going to have, it's not going to be like the whole picture. Yeah. yeah, obviously there's a minimum of experience required. But I think a lot of old players, they already, they, they have that minimum that you would need, right? So but I think it's not hard to have someone you say that to see okay this yeah well but yeah i know lots of old players who kind no, of don't no, no, know no, what's yes. going on exactly <laughs> like yes but would these guys not how, how old is an old player just out of curiosity i would say five years at least so you think it after five years the people like depends on how much you play much too, right there's yeah. people that have played for 15 years they don't know shit why do they not know shit? They don't undock. They're just sitting there idling, chit-chatting. It's a very social game, like, too, right? So people just do whatever. Like, if you never undock... Like, Orbit and Havens and press F. Yeah, like, if you only do the same shit over and over, like, yeah, if you're a high-sec miner for 15 years, you're not going to know much, right? But you're going to know a lot who, about high-sec mining. Well, yes, that might be true. Right? So if you if you need that high sec mining expert, then you know he's the man. But in general, if you if you're five years in the game and you have been playing, let's not say daily, but like five six times a week for like at least two three hours, you know, over over that time, and you have been seeking out content, for example, right, two three hours of actually undocking and doing shit, right, then uh, I would say there's an all round like knowledge base there that you know, could, could qualify you to, you know, at least look at people's opinions and say, okay, this is good stuff, this is bad stuff. I'm not saying this guy would be an expert and should be questioned about shit and make decisions, like big decisions, but bringing like basic ideas to CCP's attention, yeah, you would qualify for that, for sure. Why not? Well, I mean, that's probably, you know, a good point anyways, is that it's a sandbox and somebody's good idea is probably going to be something horrible for somebody else, right? Like, yeah, there's never going to be a perfect fix for anything. And I think people need to understand that as well, that some things aren't going to be great for some people, but it's more about the majority. And I think as long as there's a balanced opinion coming across the CCP, that's probably a good thing, right? You know, they know different opinions that are, as long as they're good opinions, you know, like there's experience behind them, just not made up or bad you know wrong you know what i mean as long as they're knowledgeable people i think that's a good thing so yeah and then, i mean so there's different styles to csm like and you're gonna be 
like if I would guess you're gonna be the the guy in the room that if anything FC wise content creation wise comes up you can instantly answer it you can instantly say with confidence like this is good this is bad and this is why it's good or bad right and uh, I think um, I think Vili uh, has enough knowledge to be that guy too when it comes to FCing in general I'm not sure about like seeking out content I'm not sure how much he like goes out and you know hunts stuff or like hits stuff for content I think he it has been a couple of years since he has to, had to be in that position but you know having one really content focused FC on the CSM is very important and I'm not sure besides video is there another FC? Well, Gobbins used to FC. Oh, yeah, Gobbins is on there. Apparently. I but, think uh, Gobbins... I think Gobbins is a really creative guy. And he has a lot of ideas. And he's, like, talking to people openly. Like, you know, he's open for suggestions and all that stuff. But he's also not the content-seeking type, I see. I, I'd say. I don't know. I, I don't know who does Wait, anything so, anymore. So but... you think that the CSM members should be content-seeking types? No, not all of them, but having one guy on there, like a high, who can, who can speak from that point of view is very important because content creation is key. Because obviously it's a sandbox and CCP says like, well, we create the sandbox, you do the content part, right? So I think there's, there's a shit ton of different types of content in EVE though. And I think that like... Some people, when they say content creation, tend to think of one specific type of content creation, which is PvP. But well, yes, well, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, yes. yeah. I should have been. You're right. You're 100 percent right. I should have been more precise Although, with what I say. Right. I'll, I'll have you know, Miranda. I've done a lot of PvE in my time. A lot. So faction warfare. Dude, I've done faction warfare. I've done relic sites, data sites, uh, DD sites. I've done anomalies. I've done mining and raw course, mining and barges. I've been all <laughs> over the place. Okay? Adventures. Level four missions. All right. I've done it all. <laughs> and now that makes me sad because I've played this game for too long. <laughs> Don't be sad about it. But that's important. That's one of my main, that's like one of my points that I was getting at is that there's like, so much different shit. So high sec minor one, two, three, like should still like they're still important because that's a pretty big aspect to the game for a lot of people. Yeah. So first, I want to clear up uh, when I say when I say content create, I'm thinking of like a day to day, like weekly kind of like finding content for your guys kind of thing. Right. It's a very specific thing, really, if you think about it. But uh, obviously, uh, like let's say Willy and Gobbins, they create content, but different, right? But I would say they're more of the sandcastle type. I would just like the empire building focused FCs. There's nothing wrong with that. And then same for the high sake mining dude or whatever, right? Like, yeah, you should have someone on the CSM who represents that to a degree. And I think, for example, what's his name? I forgot. Uh... What's his name with the the magic school bus? Is it Steve? No. Miss Frizzle. Is it Steve Renukin? Yeah. That was the high tech guy, yeah. Um, Mike Azaria. That's him. 
So it's really good to have one of those guys on there. Like you need a guy like Mike Azaria on there. You need a guy like High on there. You need a guy like Gobbins or Willy on there. You don't necessarily need both of them, but hey, both gonna get elected. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you know, you need one. We really need, need a good guy. economy dude right now that really understands the well, Eve economy and the implications of stuff now that they're doing all of this. Um, what the fuck's the word? Might be too late. I think the imp- yeah, I think it's too late to be honest. They've already poorly, kind of well, in my opinion, poorly done it. But that's, I mean, that's my main thing is I think CCP needs to understand that everything is interconnected, especially you know content creation and to do with the economy and you know all sorts of citadels. Everything is connected and everything has to be looked at you know properly before they make decisions. Miranda, you wanted to. Did you finish your point? Or did Hai finish it for you? I don't know. I was just trying to think of the one fucking word that I can't think of, so I stopped listening. (laughs) (laughs) The scarcity. That was the word I was looking for. Continue. Uh, So when it comes to the CSM, that's always has always been a struggle, I think, to get a diverse CSM, right? And I think the main part, the main problem in that is the election process. Because uh, if you look at the election process, yeah, in theory, it's fair and all that stuff. Um, but like, what is it worth for you as a company, as CCP, if the election process is fair, but the result shit is shit, you know? You, you might as well tweak the fucking thing and make it a little less fair or a little bit less uh, democratic, but get a better result out of it. And the result should be more... Uh, a more diverse CSM. I wouldn't say CSM voting is fair because, as I said earlier to you, like if people have skill farms, then they can just vote with like a thousand characters, and that's kind yeah. of messed up. But so people, so like Ace is talking about like no blobs, but at the same, like to play devil's advocate, what like what percentage of the player base belongs to a null blob because if it's a big enough percentage that it's like the majority then voting in the null blob leaders would also be voting in people who represent the majority of the eve population so i think it is the majority usually it used to be the argument look at high it's so full of people but turns out a lot of chars and high are actually nullsec players I don't think character there. I don't think it's having a majority of Nolsec people. I think it's having the right people from Nolsec is more the issue. You don't want the person who's just played as a diplomat his whole career and his one uh, you know, the only reason he played Eve was to make Gobbins or Mitani happy, you know, and stroke their shaft a bit so they could rise to become head diplo. You want somebody who actually, you know, is knowledge knowledgeable and has done stuff, is more my point. So another like i'm just reading the chat again and like ace is saying that having the big no block csm members has brought us years of passive empire building and less and less content creation but at the same time aren't we talking about like people i don't know people talk about how the csm doesn't have any influence in the way that ccp builds the game but then in the same breath say that the game is built the way it is because the csm is full of like no sec blobbers 
So yeah. I just want to point out the like re- not redundancy, but like the dichotomy in that and how you can't have it both ways. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the day, nobody knows, right? Nobody knows. Probably right. even CCP doesn't even know how much influence the CSM actually has. Like at the end of the day, right? So right. Uh, is the CSM responsible for those changes? I think, so, and if so, to what degree? You know, nobody knows. I definitely think the older CSM members, so people who have served multiple stints, have more sway in getting stuff across. At least that's what I've kind of seen. Um, but you know, I don't think what they achieve isn't massive. I'd say. Yeah, or so... or does the CSM really actually have a more significant influence in the game than like non-CSM members who are trusted and in communication with members of CCP? I would say like, Reddit. I would say the only difference would Reddit. be the ability to share NDA information to the CSM members. But well, as far as getting, you know, the feedback and the input on like potential changes and stuff that the CSM members are like pushing on their platforms, like going back to that. So the CSMs are saying, you know, I'm going to do this stuff. What's what, like literally what's the difference between them having that platform and then just building rapport with a CCP dev and emailing or like messaging them that platform on Discord for them to look at. Well, I think a CCP will listen to whoever they trust. And it doesn't matter if it's a CSM guy or if it's a um, if it's a streamer or uh, some FC who just happens to talk to certain CCP guys and uh, keeps like bringing up good ideas, like well thought out ideas and stuff, right? Um, I can tell you right now, I know there are CSM members that CCP doesn't listen to and there are CSM members that CCP does listen to. That's just how it is. And I can't blame them for it, right? And um, on the last episode we had Phantomite on, he is very direct. He is very, he can be, a little too negative so uh, that ccp then would go and say um well that guy you know am i gonna fucking bring my idea up to him or am i gonna get shit on today like maybe not i'm not saying it's every time the case but it might happen right well that's the thing right if, if that's, you... they don't have to talk to them right at the end of the day, it's their game, and they're just going to do whatever they want. You're you're there to give an opinion. It doesn't. You can't be like you do this, you do that. Then they're just going to be like fuck off, pretty much. So yeah, yeah. And then there might be, uh, I know, for example, Captator or Loro Seco. I hope like, I'm not sure if Captator did he say he's running. I tried to talk him into it, right? <laughs> but Loro Seco, wormhole guy, he knows everything about wormholes, right? Like, that's one of those guys we need on the CSM, like one wormhole guy and so on. But, like, those guys are also the type that write down ideas, they keep uh, developing them also, then they put them into a good, like, all-around concept, then bring them up to whoever they talk to, right? Might be, I know CCB, uh, Rise, or Signal, they're always open for, like, really good stuff. But they don't go to them and, like, flood them with bullshit, like when they have something significant, boom, they contact them and say like, hey guys, look into this, right? And it might be something there. And I bet you these guys listen to them, right? So I don't think it matters too much um, to be uh, on the CSM in, in certain cases. 
uh, it certainly opens the door, though, right? I think so, yeah. people overestimate how much sway individual CCP members have as well. Like, I think it's when I had a talk with Rice, he kind of outlined that it's quite hard sometimes to get other CCP devs to agree on stuff. And I think Rise is probably one of the more knowledgeable CCP players because he's played the game. Well, it was a while ago, and I think he's playing recently again. So, but you know, he said it was quite hard to you know, get them to agree on things. So that's another issue, you know, internally in CCP probably. I think not only like getting them to agree on things, but, you know, with the way that they're structured and how they have the different teams that are working on things, like even just in my job, when we have like different sections working on stuff, it's extremely hard to get everybody together and moving in one direction and have that level of communication to make sure everybody's paddling in the same direction in the boat, you know? So I think having all of these different teams on CCP that are all working on things separately to then have them come together and be able to not only agree on a direction forward um, based on all of their different departments, but to be able to actually like successfully implement that and to have it work and be the direction that the player base mostly agrees to and not fuck up other stuff is just like, I don't know. That's a lot to fucking ask for. Yeah. It's not easy. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure even the guys that constantly only complain, they should also be aware that it's like, it's not as easy, right? It's not like you make a Reddit post, like we should be doing this. And then the next day, some magical, uh, like all right let's death. do it dur, 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 yeah exactly done. yeah hey i just wrote this code last night <laughs> and so sphere sphere says like they've had 18 years to fix their comms internally but they they have those people haven't been there for 18 years when you have a game that has constant turnover of employees there's like constant disconnection there's constant train up there's a lack of continuity between the people as like we very famously seen in code and so it's not a matter of them having 18 years it's a matter of however how how long has like the oldest member of ccp been there i don't know i don't know if well would be, know, but... be him himself i guess 18 well, yeah. years right yeah but like i mean he's not just communicating with himself so i guess whoever the second longest CCP member mm-hmm. has oh, been there. He's also a bad example, because if he probably wants something done, he can probably get it done. Cause he just does he's, it. He's, yeah, exactly. He's the boss. <laughs> so. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's a lot more that goes into it than just, like, CCP's been around for 18 years. It's a little bit more in-depth than that. The yeah. army has been around for hundreds of years, and I can tell you that the internal communication is fucking garbage. So, <laughs> wow, you're leaking military secrets. Yeah, it's, it's the people, right? What yeah. are you gonna do? People will do people things. Includes mistakes, includes shit communication and drama and all the above, right? Yeah, it's good communication ego. is what makes the team work. That's why the Rackbass cartel was so successful. Yeah. yeah Uh, Uh, so coming back to the agenda thing right 
I think one of the reasons why people always look for that, that legacy some candidate has like an agenda, is just like they want to see what mindset he has. Right. So you have to base yeah. your opinion on something. Like if you don't put anything out there, like how is anyone supposed to know if you're kind of the guy he wants to be uh, if you're by? Yeah, going in the direction that they want. So if you had an agenda, what would it be, hi? Would it be passive moons? <sighs> it would be on the list, right? The thing is is there's no one thing you can do to make the game good again. And I think it's kind of something that people have to understand. Like bringing passive moon, moons back is one thing, but there's so many fucking issues. Like if I could do anything I wanted, I'd probably start with citadels and just remove the bomb launcher. You got and my then vote. yes, you got my vote right there. <laughs> okay. Panda, if I wanted your vote, my agenda would be remove the TTT. That'd probably give me a lot of votes. Uh, Remove the bush cap. <laughs> no, that's that. it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, it. I can live with yeah. it. It's fine. Fix citadels. Um, I'm gonna cry. Remove now and damage cap from small citadels. Get rid of hardreds. Uh, bring back station games. I don't think. I mean, now hardreds are fine. Because now bring a hardred, right? It's like ten bill. Oh, or expensive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> bring a hardred. Yeah. Bring <laughs> yeah. It. I think. I don't think bringing passive moon, moons back is a thing because I think too many people like <laughs> mining moons now. Uh, there needs to be something which is not a citadel that people can fight over and it has to have some reward. So effectively, there needs to be a passive income-based thing that's not uh, something that one massive blob entity can just take advantage of and then just, you know, for example, that not snuff could just completely controlled in all of Lothic. It needs to be like a balanced thing that lots of smaller groups can fight over and encourages fights all over the place rather than like one Citadel timer where everyone goes to. It's a hard thing to kind of think off the top of your head, but something like that, I guess, is what's needed. You know, how bosses, there were lots of them, different sizes, different incomes, stuff like that. Different yeah. to Citadels. Yeah, I think I agree. I, I just think iterating on Citadels, as in giving Athenor's passive income or whatever, I don't think is the perfect thing. I think it should just be something different, a complete different thing. I think Citadels are too boring, and everyone hates them. The thing is, a lot of people don't, they forgot how, like, how it was without Citadels, and they don't see a way without Citadels, you know? So a lot of people don't hate them. That's a problem. <laughs> like they don't realize how shit they actually are. You know? Like But what about a lot of important people do that? Hmm? A lot of the important I mean, this is important in inverted commas. A lot of the older, you know, leadership people know that the game was better back then. Like I've spoken to Vince, Gobbins, Villy, uh, Asher, Jay. Actually probably not Jay. I don't know. I've spoken to a lot of people and I don't think any of them have ever said I prefer the game now, right? Or like Citadels no are better than does, probably. Who? No FC does probably. Right? Yeah. I'm but... talking about like just like in general people. But then if you push an agenda, for example, you want to get elected for CSM. And but you that's say the Citadels thing. suck, but most people don't realize how bad they are. They're like, well, whatever. Like he's wasting his time. Like, people don't yeah, well, people don't understand understand how you know the extent people FCs have to go to to get shit done. 
in the current meta and what it was like beforehand because you know they take it for advantage like tao always used to say to people when people would complain and snuff that there's nothing to do that you know do it yourself and then everyone would stay silent right you know it's down to a few people to do everything <laughs> and it's always effort for them people yeah. would just take it for advantage effectively so of course they're not going to know if they've never done it for themselves that happens all the time like we've talked about that more than a few times with the amount of effort that it that goes into like creating content and how it's just a handful of people in an alliance now that are planning and preparing for ops or roams or really anything and the rest of the people just kind of sit there and absorb it yeah we're just like i'm not complaining right I love doing the stuff, so like if I don't have to compete yeah. with too many other guys for the time slots and shit, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> well, once again, it circles back to different aspects of content creation in the game. For some people, like the part of the game that they enjoy is what you do and planning the ops and figuring out new stuff to do and like blah blah blah. That's not the type of content eve content that many other people enjoy hence nobody else wanting to step up and do it yeah yeah true and then if nothing happens all those lazy people leave because they the don't want to do it for themselves yeah exactly. all the people that prefer the content creation of let me absorb your content creation like a sponge like me personally <laughs> the, <laughs> I love just going on roams. I'll map wormholes for you and stuff, but like if I had to sit and plan all this shit and like see doctrines and stuff, I'd be like, nah, I'll go play Overwatch instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Hi. How about Faction Warfare? Since you're like a low sec player, do you have any experience? experience or expertise in faction warfare because people i mean still asking for it to get fixed i don't think ccp is gonna i don't think ccp gives a shit about losec which is pretty sad because i mean i say that as a sweeping statement but it's just kind of from what i've heard especially recently as well it's kind of the secondary objective and honestly i don't know enough i mean okay i did faction warfare ages ago um and it's still the same because ccp has never iterated on it but I don't know what to do with Faction Warfare, honestly. I I think Faction Warfare being dead is just because there aren't, you know, polarizing figures like there were back when I played, like Mira Divorcio or Perunga, you know, people like that doing fleets all the time, you know, getting the player base active, um, stuff like that. I think it's more of an issue that Losec is dead, effectively, because that makes makes Faction Warfare dead, and that makes it boring. I. I'd have to ask faction warfare people about what they think would be better, but I think it's honestly just a numbers issue. Yeah, I mean, that's my opinion. A lot of issues wouldn't be maybe removed, but wouldn't be as big if we had like way more people flying around all day, right? It would fix a lot yeah, of things. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think having so many experienced players in Losec now as well, because I. <laughs> It probably sounds a bit stupid, but the way I see Losec these days is it's people who are too lazy to play in Nelsec because they've done all the tie-dye stuff and they just want like an easy, 
easier life where you don't have to worry about bubbles and you can or you can go to nosec but your stuff is in nosec you know it's safe it's easy to get to it's close to high sec you can jump stuff down easily it's not like 10 mids um you just want fights effectively and to fuck around um so it's kind of higher skilled people whereas back in my day faction warfare there was loads of lower skilled people you know dotting around having fun which i'm not sure why that stopped um probably because i'm not sure why i guess there's less people doing stuff less going on yeah yeah all right um i think we're almost at an hour and a half um if anyone has any good questions especially for high for like csm stuff or so right if you want to have a look at him a closer look maybe he's your candidate uh, you know put him in there um let me look on my list i like the what could be done for more diversities and we kind of touched on that what about well like what makes what makes you different from the rest of the csm <laughs> in I'm, three words or less <laughs> in three words or less I it. I'm, I'm pando's good. friend <laughs> well yeah i'm I'm friends with some of them though okay panda thanks for ruining it i mean i guess i'm <laughs> how am i different from the rest of the csm I i'm too german i'm sorry what i, I learned just, in voting um, school today is <laughs> yeah it's, i i've played the game in a different way to probably most of them i'm not an empire builder i'm more of somebody who knocks people's empires down i guess it's more of just i have an special well okay my area of expertise is just fcing pretty much and that's i'm just gonna try and give an opinion in that effectively whereas most nosec people is empire building and although they have a fc experience it's very much one style of fcing which is kind of m plus one blobbing yeah which, i think it's, it's it's pretty much what i said earlier like constant content creation like it's a different type right like you said like the, the sandcastle um empire building fc style it's represented right but the yeah. uh, the daily or weekly um like content creation like what can we do next you know move around kind of like i think that's the the difference in fc style for sure yeah oh that made me think as well you know how you're saying about how the csm voting is seen as equal and stuff it's also not in regards to the fact that most people vote based on what their leaders told them right like they have ballots or whatever like goons have a list of people they tell to vote in what order so do horde so do nc dot like everyone just does that right i don't think people really think for themselves because they don't really know these yeah. people very well so I, so i want to say to that though i you can't blame them too much because a lot of times what happens is people vote for who they trust and if they don't know anyone else then maybe do number one if dude number one then says hey vote for me and then put number dude number two and dude number three uh on the list after me they're like yeah i trust this guy and they put that's what i'm saying in yeah. That order. yeah and then that's exactly what i was going at well, at the beginning actually when i said like it's 
designed to be fair, but maybe it should be a little less democratic in that sense, or like a little, I wouldn't even say it's less democratic, but if dude number one gets elected and he was number one on your ballot, why would your vote trickle down? Why would it vote, your vote trickle down? Your dude is elected. Be happy. Move on, right? If your dude doesn't get elected, yeah, you should, it should trickle down, right? And that's where it's just so easy, so much easier for um, big blocks to get maximum vote efficiency, right? That's how they get two, maybe three candidates even on there because they can just tell, say, do one, do two, do three, and then it trickles down. They don't even have to think about it. They don't have to take the risk of saying like, okay, guys, we want some of you to vote for this guy, some of you for, vote for that guy, uh, because then they run the risk of none of them getting enough votes. And then, you know, they get one elected because it would trickle down, you know. So maybe, you know. That mechanic is also it's kind weird. of... Yeah, I'm also worried that if I don't get in, I've also stolen votes from like Phantomite and then there's just no low-sec representative effectively and that's going to also be quite that sad. That happened to the Walmart guys, right? Exuki and, um, and Laurel. They split the votes. Kind of did. And the problem is they're from two different sides. So a lot of people put either one of them on slot one, but they didn't put the other guy on slot two, right? So they didn't, like, oh, yeah, uh, let's say Exuki didn't get elected and then all the votes trickled down to Loro. That's not what happened, right? So, um, yeah. And that's the old problem. Beside that one time where we pushed for Exuki uh, as in it because uh, Risk wasn't running and then Exuki got ex elected, right? That was the only time there was a warmer guy on there. Yeah. Pretty sad. I mean, yeah. yeah, it is. But yeah, what you're gonna do? Uh, Everyone else is just uh, memeing or being salty. So no good questions. All right. <laughs> I was just about to say like shit. I should have maybe read the chat after saying like, hey, if you have good, good questions, right? I got it. All right. Well, in that case, um, I would say thanks for coming on. And uh, you know, good luck with the CSM campaign. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, there's enough people, uh, even the guys that don't like snuff, because you guys are not usually the most popular guys around. No, nope. um, that still believe that you would make a good CSM guy. And I think uh, people can tell that you have like uh, a little bit of a unique point of view and uh, good insight and shit that CCP could use. So hopefully you get elected. Um, you will have my vote. Just saying that right now. I mean, unless we're going to have more CSM guys on there, unless someone convinces me. Maybe I'm going to say that every episode. Yeah, my vote. <laughs> and then you just have, you have to come on last. Vote. <laughs> if you have his vote, you have my vote because I just vote for whoever he votes for. So <laughs> There you go. It's the blind line <laughs> member that just believes it. <laughs> Perfect example. <laughs> But yeah, um, could be a right candidate, and then we all just vote Pando and make him do it. Sure. No, I like we <laughs> talked about that earlier, right? I don't think there's any, there's any, you know, use for me to be on there. I think it would just, I don't know, maybe one day. Free trips to Iceland. 
you probably well, have one that's more than clients in Nullsec. So I reckon you'd you know, you'd probably have some good ideas. I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe it would fuck everything up. Who knows? But uh Maybe Panda Isa already for season. Isa for season. Let's not start that meme again. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Then uh, guys also thanks for the for the hosts arc thanks for the sub and uh, the other guys think, thanks for the subs I know Val uh, Valentine January and and all the guys I I don't have the list in front of me but uh, thanks a lot guys and, oh hey um, before we leave like six people have asked what where High's accent is from the London accent just the English accent South East I guess. Oh, I thought they were. Yes. It's not, uh, it's not as London ish, I guess. It's not. It uh, doesn't London's sound British at all to me. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, I don't know what to say then. I, I am. Why are you lying English. to us about your accent? Nah, I'm actually from Germany, guys. I am German. <laughs> I'm Pando's illegitimate son. There you go. <sighs> I never all right. told anyone. Now the secret is out, guys. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. Thanks for watching. Whoever gets the skin, congrats. And see you guys on the next one. Alright, see you guys. <laughs>